We do. It's full boobs. <laughs> you sound like a fucking 13 year old. It's full boobs. I know full this because I paused, I, paused, I paused the movie. I was like, whoa. Full boobs. is the worst horror movie you've ever seen in your life david actually let me put this into better better perspective what is the worst horror movie that you went to theaters to go see well, i haven't been to theaters to see a lot of horror movies um but maybe saw three or four that did we try to figure this out the other day on the podcast or just just me and you where i was trying to figure out which saw movie i went to i think yeah, it's just me and you just- I think it was just me and you, and and you still never figured it out. <laughs> I thought it was three, but the timeline makes it seem like it was four. Um, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. Um, it had Donnie Wahlberg in it in a flashback for sure, saying, right. "You're not Jigsaw, bitch. You're not Jigsaw, <laughs> well, bitch." And then she came back and killed him. Spoiler okay. alert for the beginning of of that movie of either three or four. Um, mine has to be. The Chernobyl Diaries. And I want to go see that in theaters. And that was so boring and pointless. I want, I, I really considered asking for my money back. Um, You know, the only, I've only, I've only seen a couple movies, like horror movies in theater, in theaters that I can remember besides like, kind of bullshit ones that I saw, like I saw, uh, or not bullshit, but just like PG 13 horror movies, like that dark, dark water, whatever that Jennifer Connelly movie was because Jennifer Connelly was in it. And then, um, some random other ones, like some haunting movies or whatever. But the, I think the best, like really like horror horror movie I've seen in theaters is the descent. Um, that, but you like the descent. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I was I was switching gears here because I don't remember sh- shitty movies that I've seen in theaters. I just remember the Chernobyl Diaries because it was that horrible. The reason I ask is because I'm pretty sure that if I saw this movie back in 1982, this would be the worst horror movie I've ever seen in theaters. Um, it. And the reason it, it's almost like so bad it's good, right? It's almost like those like those movies that Rift Tracks could do, um, or Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Uh, it, it it's so hokey, um, and and we'll we'll go into the hokeyness in a little bit here. But yeah, I I was just like, what am I watching the whole time? It didn't feel like John Carpenter. It didn't feel like a Halloween movie. It it was so weird, uh, weirdly paced, and and the dialogue was weird. But uh, yeah, I mean that's my that's my you know thousand foot look at it. I mean, John Carpenter was only a producer on this. I don't think he was. I guess he took a he took a pass at the script. Um, and then he should the have direct- taken a pass at the script in the trash. 
like past it. Yeah. So I'm not as I'm not as down on this as you. I will say though that like I think if you'd seen this in 1982, you'd you'd have a different opinion of it. Even if you'd seen it maybe 10 or 15 years ago, um, like I I think it's aged poorly if you're watching it now, um, just effects wise, whatever. But I think there's a lot of cool stuff in this. But a lot of like the characters' actions and motivations sort of fall off for me at the end of the movie. Um, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> but I also just think that like. So the original Halloween, after that, John Carpenter wanted an anthology series. And then the studio was like, well, one made a lot of money, so let's bring Michael Myers back. So they did for two, which, by the way, I've been hearing so many people shit on Halloween 2. And we did that last year, and I was like, I thought that was really good. I don't really understand it. I feel like as we continue this exercise of Halloween movies that I'm going to start shitting on them more and more. But I liked two quite a bit i thought it was really like i didn't think it was that much of a step down from one um my my biggest gripe with two is that it's kind of like a rehash of one just in a different setting right well that's what i want though i just i just keep doing it which is what they started doing right that's what they're doing now yeah just keep the keep the train going but so it in the idea of like okay this is going to be an anthology series here's the thing about like anthologies right each one has to be fucking dynamite. And it's kind of hard because you come into this like, oh, I loved Halloween one. This is a completely different movie. It, it's like bears no relation, not just character wise, but like it's like not the same themes. It's not the same feel like it's. I mean, forget not having Michael Myers. It's a different it, genre. It's barely it's, it's barely a horror movie. Yeah, it's more sci-fi, if anything. I, I, I told you, you know, it reminded me more of like an X-Files episode. Um, it's a James it, Bond it, movie, basically. Well, nah, you were giving a little bit more credit than where it's due there. But I, I mean, in know, the end, in the end, Dr. Chalice is fucking James Bond. <laughs> like he sneaks up, <laughs> blows this whole thing up, defeats a robot by himself, multiple robots. Yeah, I okay, but he, hear me out. Okay, so if you've if you've seen an episode of the X Files, which I know you haven't, but if you have, you would agree with me. This was very X Files ish. This is like a long hour and a half episode of an X Files, uh, ep- show episode. Anyways, um, and then the, but not even in like plot, but even in like the hokiness of the um dialogue and the pacing is almost like a tv show too i don't know if you thought the same thing oh i thought it was like a twilight zone episode well yeah i mean now don't get me wrong i'm not shitting on um the x-files the x-files is amazing it's very good but it's it's for tv so you don't really expect the movie to kind of have the same pacing as a as a elongated tv show and TV shows are short for for the purpose of them being episodic. This was a fucking movie, and I was just like, "Where are we going with this?" I hated the ending, but I think we would just we'll start at the beginning and go from there. There are, by the way, a couple of things that I do like about this movie uh, that I felt like did what it wanted to do within a horror genre, and I'll, I'll uh, call them out when we get there. But well, let's start well, at the beginning. Well, yeah. Well, one thing I want to say first is I think one reason 
that you disliked it so much compared to me, I think is expectations because I knew I've heard people talk about this movie and knew what it was about a little enough to like know what to expect. And you called me 40 minutes in and you're like, what is this? I don't even well, understand I, what, what I, I knew that it wouldn't have Michael Myers in it. I understood the anthology. No, but thing I knew about it, was, it. I knew it was like a spy movie. That's what I'm saying is oh. I knew it was like this. I knew it was involved with like children in masks and something happens to the children within the masks, like some sort of brainwashing thing. That was my understanding of it. So I was the entire time I was expecting like the whole ploy was to like, like the, like, I don't know if you've ever seen that episode of goosebumps where the child puts on the mask and then was like possessed to kill his entire family with the mask on. Um, I thought that's it was what I expected. Kind of, that's what I expected with little buddy in that room. I expected him to turn around and start chopping them killing up. his parents yeah yeah so i expected it a little bit of a like a like that brainwashing behind the mask i didn't expect what actually happened and and we need to talk about that but but let, let's start at the beginning with dr chalice who i felt like was horribly miscast well it doesn't start with dr chalice it starts with the the dude running whatever that oh, guy yeah. it, it's ellie's dad harry um real bad at running and hiding like it just pointers like if you're running from these people and they have a car like get off the road that's Mm -hmm. one yeah and then don't hide in the place that's the only thing that's lit up just like get off the road right also don't hide in some place that's like made for cars to pull into like easily right well and then he's like Uh, instead of hiding he's just banging on shit and he's like oh they didn't see me and then he appears, the, one of the guys appears behind him. Um, that felt a lot like Twilight Zone-ish, where those guys in suits just fucking appear, right? Yeah. And did you, how quickly did you think those are robots? Uh, when he poured gasoline on him, no, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, when he stuck his fingers inside the guy's eye sockets and pulled out his his nose bone uh that's when i was like oh they're robots and then it was confirmed when he doused himself in gasoline and lit himself on fire you know it's funny uh, let's just we'll do it now um the where he sticks his hands in the guy's his fingers in the guy's eyes and pulls out i'm like that's really cool but i don't know exactly what happened and then Maybe like twenty minutes later, the the scientist that Doctor Chal Doctor Chalice is banging everyone in this town. It's no wonder he's divorced. Yes, um, but that scientist uh, Teddy, she's like, yeah. I mean, you have to have some strength to pull a dude's skull apart. And I was like, oh, that's what I witnessed. Okay. <laughs> um. So the guy, uh, I guess he's a a late night mechanic, right? That works uh, at the place that uh, Ellie's dad is trying to hide from. Um, sees he, Ellie's dad panicking, and he knows enough to be like, "I don't get involved. Don't get involved with this." No, he he was like, he "Well, was no." Like, after he gets to the hospital, he's like, "I'm I'm I'm out of this." Oh, <laughs> that was trouble? so. So when the guy was like, "Oh, they're gonna kill us all," when Ellie's dad was like, "They're gonna kill us all," and the guy's like talking, he's like, "You know what? I'm just I'm just gonna I I hope one day, you know, good deeds would follow me, and and if I'm if I'm in need, then I hope someone is there to help me. Uh, but right now, if you guys don't need me anymore, I'm out of here. Because he knows what happens in horror movies. He does. He's, he's, not like, sti- he's, not, he's not sticking around. He's like, I've only seen one of me in this movie. 
And so I'm getting the fuck out of here. And then we see yeah. him again at the end, which was like, by the way, that is the gas station from The Fog, from John Carpenter's 1980 The Fog. Oh, that's cool. Which is pretty cool. So he was at least somewhat involved in this. Uh, and before we get to the hospital, I do want to say, like, I do like the gag of the robots pretending to drive by and then backing up. And they pull in, and the one robot is circled around. I thought that was cool. Um, I thought it didn't age well the way the robot dies and especially considering around this time we've seen so many horror movies with like good kills for him to like press the like to hit the thing so the car rolls into him and the robot gets hit with it and just like basically like passes out from getting touched by the car okay so i wanted to talk about this um so basically what happens he pulls the cinder block out from under the tire the car is on a hill going downhill doesn't have his emergency brake on rolls very slowly into the robot killing him presumably now Mm -hmm. i had a look up how many pounds a sedan is um and it's about like 2500 pounds and i had to think about if 2500 pounds slowly rolling towards you against like a wall gonna kill you Probably you and I, yeah, maybe, but not a robot. Yeah, I mean, we there's that like, like the sad thing that happened to Anton Yelchin, right? Like his car, but that was like idling and then was like moving with some speed. This was just like not a very hilly hill, and the way and, it rolled, and, and yeah, it was a, a robot. it was at a dead stop. Like and it's, it, and it's, but, and it's a robot. And it wasn't but even on. more so than that, like you were saying, like John Carpenter knows how to like shoot death scenes, and and the way this is shot, it just felt like the slowest car in the world. It it was not believable at all. So that that was like, I'm like, what am I watching right off the bat? I'm like, what is this? Well, you right? know, well, I mean, and just to say this in case like people, John Carpenter didn't direct this. No, I know, but man, I mean, if he, I mean, he producers still have like a fucking say in movies they produce you know right so and by the way this all starts on october 23rd and i gotta say the necessity of this film to tell us each day what's happening at certain points i'm just like what the fuck like what i don't need i don't need this much detail like at one point (laughs) at, at one point you think it's like the next day and he goes to talk to teddy for the first time and it's like october 27th he goes to talk to teddy and she's like yeah, um, I'll have to get back to you. And he's like, okay. And then it pops up October 29th. And I was like, why did I need this? Like, why did I need to know what day this was? So it skips from the, so it doesn't tell you every day, right? It skips from the 23rd to the 27th. It just tells uh, you what day it is every time. But yeah, it skips days to to show you that like time is passing. But it's like, right. So no one's sitting on their ass for five days watching this fucking shit. But also, <laughs> Also, what's like a real slap in the face is that not only do we have title cards telling us what day it is and how many days are passing or whatever the fuck, <laughs> the commercial. we also have the theme song of this fucking commercial that's also telling us how many days we have till Halloween. Eight more days to Halloween, 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 eight more days to Halloween. And you know, I, why I, that, I will ha- you know why that song was chosen, by the way? I, I looked up what it was earlier, but I can't remember. It was just chosen because it was in the public domain. It was free. Oh. No and no one like... Fucking annoying is why. Yeah. Well, true. But you know what? I I, I feel like the... I, I would have kept the song 
and taken away the title cards. Because I think what the song did that was important was make sure that we knew what day it was in the sense of each character's like encompassing. Yeah. So like we had the song play in the beginning. It was like eight days of Halloween. And then we had this like now it's nighttime in a different house like on the other side of the town. And that song is still playing on the commercial eight more days to Halloween. So we know it's the same day. And then when it's like two more days to Halloween, we're like, okay, now we know. Right. But anyway, so then. Well, and when, when important scenes are happening too, it tells us, right. Like the, the commercial gets played a lot. So it's like, it's get played at important times. But when he goes to just to talk to Teddy for three seconds, we don't really need to know the day. So I actually think, the way you're saying is like it's a more subtle way of showing it without like throwing in our faces in an unimportant way. So like would have fixed the problem. It, no, exactly. Exactly. But um, but then all of a sudden, OK, so, yeah, so you have it playing on the television. And then when he's in the motel with Ellie, you have it also playing on the radio. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that's excessive. Like we don't need it also playing on the radio. Yeah, well, it, it seems like this company controls like the entire the world? United States, maybe part of the yeah. world. Well, at the I I do like the end scene where we just see kids all over, which is all, all those kids were probably shot in California in just different streets. But right. I did like that. Um, also, we meet uh, Doctor Chalice's ex wife and her kids, uh, his like their kids, and you don't know it's his ex wife until much later on. But um, she's just like a bitch to him. So I guess like I could have figured, right? But like she's just like yells at him as soon as he gets in, shits on everything he does. He's got to leave, and so like I was just like, oh, this is a weird husband wife dynamic here. Until you find out later, like oh they're not, you know, not yeah. together so, still. So his story is that he's supposed to pick up his kids, but he's a doctor and he gets called in because of the guy that was being chased by the robots who almost died. So he gets called into the hospital. He can't pick up his kids, obviously. He gets called into the hospital. And that's where the guy wakes up and he's like, they're going to kill us all. Um, And he's like in a catatonic state. And he wakes up because the fucking commercial is playing again in the background. Um, And so he and the nurse, you know, I, you know, IV him up, put him in a hospital bed. Um, and then I think we know what's coming at that point is that the the guys in suits who are chasing him in the beginning have to come to the hospital and finish the job. And I love how they do it. No secrecy, no like spy shit or anything like that. They just like straight up walk in. They go like in a in a like a janitor's closet just to like, I don't know, put the gloves on, I guess. But then they just walk in past the nurse kill the guy by sticking their fingers in his eye sockets and pulling out his skull or whatever. Um, that That's another thing is, is the gore in this is not very heavy. Um, there's a scene where, where the guy, the robots kill the scientist with a drill and, and we are completely taken away from that kill. Yeah. But I think that's, I think this was considered fairly gory for the time. You know, there's other examples that were worse, right? The thing and all that. Um, but just take Halloween. I mean, Michael Myers stuck a guy with a kitchen knife up to a door and then, like, fucking gutted him. And we yeah, saw but that. that. They, but they used, like, shadows, right? So you couldn't really see it. Like, it was much more well done. But I think 
because of the time and you know technology, you had to do things differently. So th- I think Halloween, for example, just does it better than this. But yeah. it's still just like the limitations deciding what you what you can do. Um, and also, real quick, the whole point of seeing the ex-wife in the beginning is just to see that his kids have the masks on. So like later on, you know the stakes of everything for him at least. Right. Um. So we get the the mannequin guy robot kills uh kills the guy and then immediately goes to set himself on fire. And I love how you know they didn't have MythBusters back then, but he lights himself on fire and the car immediately explodes. <laughs> like there's no way the fire reached anything that would ignite like that that fast. Yeah, the way he did it too was so that was like okay. So here's here's a part of the movie that I actually liked. That scene where he dashes himself in gasoline and then there's a cutaway. I don't know how they did it. They must have had some sort of rig where it was an automatic lighter because as soon as the lighter went up and he caught on fire, it was a dummy. But the way it was cut was actually really good. It was like blink and you miss it sort of thing. Um, so I enjoyed that. I thought that was effective in the way it, it the guy kind of just uh, went up in flames but it wasn't really him, but it looked like him. I wonder if they almost just had, they had the stationary camera shot. They show him about to light it, cut and put the dummy in and then just start right there. You know what I mean? Like, like almost like no, a, the, a... the lighter went on as it was the dummy. So it had to have been a cer- certain rig that like the lighter no, no, was yeah, automatic. Just like the film was cut, like the way it was. I'm not saying oh, like, yeah. Um, so we already talked about, well, uh, the daughter shows up to ID him, and then we talked about the scene where he goes to the uh, the lab tech, and she talks about the skull being pulled apart. And then it's October 29th, two days later. We are moving really quickly to Halloween, probably because we don't want to hear the commercial anymore. And he is just, uh, he's at a bar. And for some reason, Ellie knows to find him there. And it's so weird that she knows to find him there. that The movie has to explain how she knows to find him there, that she asked other people. And apparently he yeah. just always hangs out at this bar. Yeah. And he's I was going to only... say, it's not that weird because she asks people. And he's the only person that hangs out at the bar. <laughs> I love that he is the only person. Cause like when the commercial starts playing, he asks the bartender, Hey, can you turn it to a different channel? And, and like, why is the bartender going to say no? He, it's his only patron. Okay. So I've been playing a lot of video games recently and it's those like decision games where it's like you choose A or B on how to respond to the NPC or whatever, whoever's asking you uh, within the game. And so uh, when when Ellie was like, did my father have any last words? I could see like the decision, like he could tell the truth or he could tell a lie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, And so he was like, oh, he says. He says, Ellie, tell Ellie I love her. And then immediately the daughter's like, okay, you're not a good liar, but thanks for being nice. But what did he really say? And then he comes out. He's like, oh, and it's like the worst thing to hear. Like your father's last words are they're going to kill us all. And then he dies. He's like, okay, you didn't believe that. So I'm just going to go 180 in the other direction. Exactly. Uh, By the way, I like that they play Halloween on the the TV at the bar, like a little. uh... Let's talk about that for a second. So Halloween three has nothing to do with the original Halloween one and two. However. 
we're supposed to believe that Halloween three takes place in like our world where the original two is, are a movie like in our world. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I don't know that they put that much thought into it. They're just like, this will be interesting. What I did like is that the opening sequence for Halloween one and two is the jack-o'-lantern, right? And then the opening sequence for this one is also the jack-o'-lantern, but like digitally. Yeah, no, yeah, that's cool. I, um, I like, did you recognize the voice of the woman who's like, you can't complete the calls dialed and the person that's like curfew six at PM? Did I recognize a random voice from 1982? No. Who was it? Uh, it was Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, it was Jamie Lee Curtis. I guess I, maybe I should have recognized it then. I didn't either. I just, I, I just read it, but <laughs> such a dick about it. Did I recognize the <laughs> <random> voice? <laughs> I mean, I guess she has a pretty distinct voice, yeah. Um, uh, so they go to the next scene where she goes to her father's shop who sells novelties and shit, I guess. And she also has to be like, my father kept excellent records, which is why this next scene is going to make sense. And just like reading through, she's like, yeah, he went to this appointment, this appointment, this appointment, and then he didn't go to this appointment. So we know that, like, you know, so he's running on the 23rd and she's like, he went to the factory on the 20th. And then he missed his appointment on the 21st. So the robots were holding him captive for three days, I guess. They were either holding him captive for two or three days, or he was on the run for two or three days. Well, I doubt that part. Uh, you never know. Uh, so what? what's interesting there is that the movie is kind of trying to establish like this, from what I feel like a horror sci-fi flick, right? They have to have known how like twilight zone ish their their movie was feeling right um at this point so they're definitely going for like a sci-fi ethereal feel now the question is is that it doesn't become a full-on spy movie until he tells ellie hey your father's last words were they're gonna kill us all and that kind of throws them into this like investigation part of the movie Right. And I mean, this, the James Bond elements of it are like, you know, I say James Bond is just like a shorthand for spy movie, but they go into this town, everyone's staring at them. There's cameras watching everything. And then Mr. Cochran is straight up a Bond villain. Oh, yeah. Take over the world through television signal, of course. Basically, he wants to jumpstart children of men and just like kill all the kids. I don't. Is that his goal? No, I just no. I was talking it, offhand, but like, but it doesn't. I don't, it doesn't it, really explain his goal. No, it does at the end. It's a sacrifice for Sam Hain or whatever, and we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Don't worry about it. So okay. they go to what Santa Maria, Santa Mira, um, Santa Mira, to check out the the mask lead. And as we're driving, we get some voiceover to just explain this is a farming town. Now they make novelty masks in this one little factory and they send them to everyone in the world or everyone in the U.S. like uses these masks. Um, And it's just it is you get the creepy vibes right of everyone staring and then they they show the camera following them specifically because it's like no one should be in this town really definitely not a car they don't recognize. Um, And then they decide to check into a hotel after looking at the factory um i like how they were like hey we should double back and 
go through the hoops of like asking the gas station clerk what motel we should stay at if the motel is vacant and then that won't like that will throw off suspicion to us i'm like dude doubling back once you're like suspiciously looking at the factory is already suspicious like for me i'm like there's they're already screwed the the whoever uh townie or whatever they it's, the jig is up but you know it seems like they get away with it for a while pretending to be husband and wife did you feel weird uh not only the age difference but at this point i don't think we didn't realize that he was divorced from his wife so then him like seemingly cheating on his wife i just i was like what am i watching no i knew it was an ex at that point Really? I mean, I, I knew it was, but the the age difference and like not really like, I don't know, not really kicking you over the head with with it being a divorce. I was just I just felt like weird about the whole thing. Um, yeah, but now she, she came on to him. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, I makes it OK. Um, the the well, other thing, too, is that I don't think he was the what's his name? Tom Atkins. I don't think he was the best person to cast in this either i think he was a bit too old or i don't know i mean i i think there was supposed to be an age different he's he is the age of her father right so it's like i mean that is what the movie is going for is this huge age difference i, I mean obviously and, he, and, and when he was cast way before uh the woman that played ellie uh, stacy nelkin was so i think he was like well, a bigger deal back then what was funny, and this is like so 80s, right, is that they have sex and then he asks, hey, how old are you? And yeah, then she's like a little late for that. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, I'm older than I look. Still never saying how old she is. Well, luckily for him, she dies. So he doesn't have to you know, worry about any of that. Um, but real quick. So, uh, you know, he, he does this thing. He's like, oh, keep that guy occupied. I'm going to go. And he checks the book. But then he like signs in and pays anyway. I was like, well, that's all completely normal stuff anyway. You didn't need her to keep the guy busy. You could have just gone in and done that with him. It wouldn't have been suspicious at all. Yeah, um, but I think that was for the setup of like meeting that family and then meeting the saleswoman. Well, I know, but that those two didn't really have anything to do with each other. They like drove right out there, right? I mean, and you know, it's funny. As soon as you meet those people, you're like, okay, well, this is like a thing. Like these people are going to be important. They're not. This movie doesn't introduce people unless like they actually mean something. There's no like extra characters. But I I I know what you're saying, and you don't mean it in a good way. But it sounds like you're complimenting the movie. But it's not like it's not like. No, I had a tone. It was a, it was a very it was a very easy tone to get that I was just like, all right, well. No, no, I, no but I, I. It feels low budget, right? Like the movie feels yeah. super low budget. In in the idea Super. of like we don't we're not we're not we're not doing side stories here. We got one plot. It's I mean it's a Twilight Zone episode. It's like a TV show. Exactly. So we you already talked a little bit about the sex scene, but you know, at this point we see Cochrane's car drive by and this basically leprechaun dude, Rafferty, is like, Oh, that's Mr. Cochrane. Oh, he he's a great man. Um and then uh, you know, we've met these two new characters, which by the way, the the woman uh what's her name? Marge is actually Tom Atkins, wife at the time, which is oh. makes the next scene a little awkward, but yeah. we meet both of them. 
uh, Marge is going after masks, and Buddy, uh, he's a mask salesman, too. So they're the only people that come into this town. And then Dr. Chalice goes into the room, and he's like, hey, you know, I should get another room. And she's like, well, that's it. It's funny, because he's, like, saying the right things to be a good person, but you can tell he's like, invite me into bed, and I will come into bed. And she's like, well, where do you want to sleep, doctor? And he's like, okay, good, good. Um, and it's weird because he like makes out with her. That's a dumb question. Makes out with her. Then we get the <laughs> 6 p.m. curfew thing. And the 6 p.m. curfew apparently doesn't matter because he's out going to get a bottle of liquor. I thought they would have already had sex, but I guess he's like, now nah, we need to be drunk. So he goes to get a bottle of liquor. Oh, I thought they had into- sex. He goes back out and then they have sex again. I don't think Dr. Chalice has the ability to do that. Cause when she tries to do it again, after that one time we see, he's like, we need to slow down. <laughs> um, but he runs into this bum. And my question about the bum is he clearly is very keen on talking shit about Cochran and these robots. Mm-hmm. Like, how is this his first run in? Maybe this is the first time he's talked openly with someone who's not from the town, but this is when the robots decide to kill him, which is a, it's a cool kill. You can only execute it so well, given the, the constraints, but like just pulling the head off. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I liked it. That's kind of when I was like, okay, they're robots because no one has the strength to pull someone's head clean off their shoulders. Uh, the other thing about the curfew, by the way, is why is the store open? Yeah, I don't know. They're pretty lax on that. It almost feels like they don't actually normally have a curfew and... Uh, they're, it's just for the benefit of these people who are in the town, right? To tell them, like, <laughs> go inside. But why? I mean, but it's not like, I mean, what? So no one, like, suspiciously goes around and checks no on one the... sees what they're doing. Yeah, no one sees what they're doing at the factory, I guess. I don't know. It's just, it's just like a plot of, like, hey, you know, things aren't what they seem around here, so. Um, yeah, I guess. Now let's get to the thing I want to talk about. And that's, that's the sex scene. Um... And at this time, Marge reveals that tracker, which is a subplot we'll get to. Um, she has just taken a shower, so she's naked. He comes back. They have packed so lightly for this because they haven't really packed anything, right? But right. then she opens her towel and has this like sexy negligee. Like negligee, underneath. yeah, yeah. What the? F- where did that come from? Is that just your what you wear, or was like this a plan? Like you were always going to bang this dude. And then it could be, it could be. He puts her on the bed. They go to great lengths to make sure you don't really see her boob. But mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you can almost clearly see him grab this woman's breast yeah. and put his mouth on her nipple. And yeah. I'd only go into detail to say that's like making movies in the 70s and 80s was wild. Just like <laughs> it's like that they did this. And yeah. I read something where, um, Stacy Nelkin, who plays Ellie, was like, this was one of my first scenes with uh, Tom Atkins, who plays Chalice. It's like, a, hey, how you doing? And then this, which is just really nuts. It's, it's what I imagine a porno set being like, honestly. <laughs> it's because you've, um, uh, you've seen, what's it called? Um, porn? It's because you've seen Boogie Nights. Right. Well, I mean, that too. Um, okay, so, yeah, he... I mean, okay, so I called you right after this scene. Like, this scene was in the middle of 
I'm watching the scene. I pause it. I call well, I text you and I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? And you reply, which you never do past like 9 p.m. So I call you and I was like, David, what is this movie? And at this point, I believe you've already finished it, right? I think so. And and you were like, yeah, you know, stick stick through it. I mean, we have no choice but to stick through it for doing an episode on it. But, you know, you're like, it gets better. It does not. Um, but uh, you you were talking about this, too, how it was just like this, like half a sex scene that that you would never get away with uh, with this nowadays, except for have you ever heard of the movie Antichrist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I have talked about it. I don't we're not doing the movie, but yeah. No, we're not doing the movie, but there is a sex scene uh between I believe it's Willem Dafoe. Yep, and Charlotte Gainsbourg. Yeah. And you see penis inside vagina. Yeah, I mean I'm but pretty sure is, that they but it's not them. They hired porn stars to do it. But Tom, they did not hire like a body double for these people in this movie. They they just went for it in this flick. Well yeah, and Lars von Trier did the same thing for like the nymphomaniac movies, which is like I don't know, it seems unnecessary to like just watch porn. Um Yeah. But the know, story, just, this David. The, this is such an odd scene in here, right? And it's like I don't know. In the in the first Halloween movie, when you have the nudity, it's like I mean, it's totally there to just be titillating, right? And I can't remember. Do we actually see the woman naked in the second one who gets in the sauna? I can't remember. We do. We do. It's full boobs. <laughs> you sound like a fucking thirteen year old. It's full boobs. I know full this because I paused. I paused. Full I paused the movie. I was like, whoa. Full boobs. Well, but in this one, it's like, what's the point of it? Like, what's the point of this awkward scene well, what, where you don't actually see anything? Well, it's also awkward because then it's like the next morning or whatever, and they get out of bed and he's butt ass naked, lying on top of her, and it's like, okay, so they're they're really naked, lying together. Like these two actors are really naked, lying together in in this bed. Yeah. Uh, so it's just the whole thing's weird. Now, at the same time, this is all going on. Marge, Tom Atkins' actual wife in the next room, has like this button that usually goes on the Shamrock Halloween masks. And she was complaining to Ellie that her son threw his mask against the wall and the button came off. And for some reason, she's carrying it around. Uh, So she's like, oh, these manufacturers are getting lazy or whatever. So the button falls on her motel room carpet. She sees it and she goes to pick it up. And I would like you to exactly explain what happens when she picks up the the button. Basically, she gets a tiny tool and is messing with like what looks like a like a little motherboard on the back of this uh, the back of this coin, and she somehow gets it to shoot a laser in her face. Um, and apparently, the actress that played Marge was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna." go in the makeup or anything. So they just had to use a stunt double for that. But yeah, she blows her fucking face off is what she does. Her face (laughs) off. Not only does she blow her face off, which the makeup for that was actually pretty startling. I thought number two, that was good. That was a good, like, you know, horror element. Um, that was well done, uh, well, well executed. But then 
a fucking mole cricket crawls out of her mouth. And honestly, I've never seen a better trained mole cricket in my life. I've never seen a trained mole cricket, but a better one nonetheless. Uh, Crawls out of her mouth, up her face, and into her hair. Never heard the term mole cricket? Besides the three three times you just used it. Mole cricket. Okay, listen. Growing up, I knew a lot about bugs. I was the weird bug, bug kid in elementary school. Okay. Uh, I know what a mole cricket is. It's a type of cricket that it is that digs in the ground, mm-hmm. acts like a mole. I wasn't questioning it. I just thought it was, you're still the weird bug kid. So uh, I thought it was weird that they chose a mole cricket, uh, above like any other insect or anything, but here we are. Well, eventually they choose snakes. Uh, and then, yeah, some scientists show up. Uh, Mr. Cochran shows up. They're like, it's a misfire. And, uh, they're like, oh, you want to leave? And they're like, ah, oh, we still got to go to the factory. It's like, man, you guys, well, I mean, your kids are going to die, so you probably need to go to the factory. But uh, you didn't actually what, solve anything when you went anyway. So, What's what's also weird is uh, Cochran shows up. This is the first time we actually see him. Um, Dan and Ellie come out of their motel room after a night of sex. And uh, they're like, what happened? What What's going on? And they're like, oh, uh, there's been an accident. Don't worry. We're taking care of her. It's like, where are you taking her? We're taking her to the factory. The best medical care uh, anyone can provide is at the factory. First of all, why don't you just say you're taking her to the hospital, right? And then Cochran and his goons have a full conversation about it being a misfire right in front of of the doctor and Ellie. And I'm thinking like, Oh, movie magic, whatever they guess the movie's going to make it like they didn't hear him. And then they go back into the hotel room and they're like, misfire. What do you think that's about? I was like, Oh, so you're going to make them hear him. And he's, you're also going to make him have the top secret conversation in earshot of the only two people who could ruin their plan. Like stupid, right? That's because he's a bond film. Um, yeah, no, we'll it's, we'll get more into how Mr. Cochran is not the best at this. Um, so the next day, there uh, it's the thirtieth now, Saturday. The movie really wants you to know one more day. And Halloween, Halloween. Cochran call or not Cochran. Um, Doctor Chalice calls Teddy, the scientist, again, and is like, "Hey, I need you to do some investigative work on Cochran." I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like. <laughs> We couldn't hire another actor, you know, that it can investigate. So it's just like, this lady has to do everything. And in 1980, how is she going to investigate this guy? What is she going to do? To, no to compare to your James Bond references, she's basically his cue. Or his many penny, because he clearly has fucked her. Um, so they go to the factory. Buddy is there. He's apparently like the number one salesman or, um, you know, the number one killer of children soon. And uh, they go on a factory tour. And Buddy's like, oh, can they come too? And Cochran's like, son of a bitch. Okay, yeah, I guess they can come. Whatever. Um, And then you find out that Cochran was the king of gag gifts. And I love the part where little Buddy's like, oh, I want a mask. And Cochran's like, oh, you can't take that one. Here, take a completed one. He's like, I want you to fucking die. (laughs) Also, what's weird too is that when uh, the whole thing is like, oh, it hasn't gone through the finishing process yet. And then they're like, what's the finishing process? And he's like, in due time, in due time. Top or, secret, my dear. 
or we we don't want to give out trade secrets. The, the scene that I found real corny is when uh, the doctor and Ellie are kind of being like, all right, we need to get the fuck out of here. And then the the goons purposely open the garage, like right in front of Ellie, revealing her father's car. She freaks out and like heads to it. And then Buddy and his family witness all this. And they're like, what's going on there? And he just, Cochran just turns to them and, and he's like, trade secrets, trade secrets. And they're like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, sure. I mean, does Buddy, his wife, or their son seem like smart people? No, but man, I mean, I'm just like, they're basically opening the garage just to tease them. And then... I think you're, I think you're supposed to think it was like an accident. Dude. And then yeah, he's, so, and then they go back to the hotel room, and she's like, "I swear, I saw the car. I swear." And he's like, "Yeah, of, of course you did." He doesn't say. I don't know who she's trying to convince, but they're like, "All right, we need to leave," but they do not leave quick enough because the robot. <laughs> he goes back into the room, and then he just looks around, and the five robot guys are just sitting there. Like he didn't notice them at first. That is my third favorite thing about this movie, actually, is I thought they did really good on that jump scare where he looks out the window and just the five of them are just standing there in front of like outside the motel in the dark. I was like, good. Like, that's a good scare, I thought. Well, it's also, too, it's like those robots have showmanship, right? Like, why did they line up that way? Because they were like, we want to make this fucking, you know, pop. It worked. It popped. And then they popped the door off the hinges. Yeah, and he escapes, and I actually really like the part where he's just running around town, jumping into people's yards, hiding behind fences, making phone calls in, like, phone booths, and, like, just hiding from these guys. Like, I actually thought it was, like, funny. I like that, too. I actually thought it was, like, quite amusing. And then he gets to the factory. Did you I, – I, I turned away for a second uh, during this thing where he's, like, looking through the factory window, and then the musical cue was, like, a musical cue for a jump scare. And I looked up and he like ducked behind the window. And I was like, oh, did he look through the window? And like one of the robot guys were there. So I, I uh, rewinded it just to see that it was a flash of light that scared him. And I was like, ah, lame again. Yeah, light turned on. I mean, he is really good at sneaking around. And also it's like you think the cameras look at him, but then he's like they barely like he barely avoids it. Right. Like he's. He's pretty good at it until he finds this woman knitting. And then you you find out that this is a, a German robot from 1785. And I'm like, is that legit? Did Were the robot, I guess, maybe? Well, so I thought, I was like, are they incorporating some Nazi stuff in this movie? Uh, whenever you mention Germany and uh, robots, um, think, I, I think Nazis. Yeah, I mean, 1785 is like... 170 years before Nazis, maybe. I that's true too, but they have to come from somewhere, right? And also, also Hitler, yeah. Also, I was thinking, uh, the um, there's a movie that was made a while back about turning got turning people into puppets. It was a horror movie that came out. I think it was early 2000s or late night. No, it was early 2000s. Um, it was just like turning people into puppets. And so Jeepers I thought this. Creepers? No, it was something else. And, Coraline? Um, no. Uh, 
so basically um the the big twist of that movie is that there's like this guy who runs the estate and then his like daughter assistant and then you think at the end you think he's the villain but then it's revealed that he's a puppet and his daughter like preserved his flesh and carved the inside of him and like put her hand up his spine to like move his mouth and like ventriloquist ventriloquism and so he she ventriloquist his whole act i whatever it's a fucking dumb movie um the point is is that i thought this grandma was like a pres- like norman bates like a preserved mother of cochran it was not it was a 17 17- 85 robot and then you just went on and ruined a movie whose name you can't remember well then i didn't really ruin all over spooky season (laughs) i I didn't really ruin the movie then so um next we get uh a robot shows up and grabs him dr chalice kills the robot and then cochran shows up with two more and chalice is just like ah fuck it all right you got me like i'm not gonna fight this anymore and cochran then is like Oh, let's go. Uh, I'm going to go show you my factory. You'll be interested as a medical man. And then he's like, big day tomorrow. It's Halloween. Um, and then he just starts taking him of a tour. And I, he's like, you know, Dr. Chalice is like, are you going to tell me what's going on here? And he's like, a good magician never explains, but you'll have time to figure it out. But then Cochran shows him a demonstration of what's happening immediately. He immediately explains what's happening. Yep. So he's just full of shit. And he's a Bond villain. Uh, Yeah, he has to do his like monologuing. Um, Well, then what's funny, too, is there's this there's this like news report earlier about a piece of Stonehenge missing. And I don't know why I just was like, I don't think that'll matter. And then, of course, it, it does matter. It's like the whole key to this is like one block of Stonehenge has this magical dust that shoots lasers into kids heads and turns them into snakes. (laughs) you know if you say it out loud it sounds ridiculous uh yeah exactly a little bit a little bit i mean i wish it turned the kids into murderers that makes this movie a lot better but just turns them into snakes that are apparently venomous and that can kill the parents too it's not just snakes though right it's mole crickets it's regular (sighs) crickets it's uh it is venomous snakes but it's just like a bunch of creepy shit that comes out of their head yeah, yeah. That part For no weird. reason. For no reason. If they remake this movie, I want the kids to murder their parents. That's what I want. Now, I was thinking this. I think they should 100% remake this movie. They should take the Halloween 3 name off of it. They should just call it Season of the Witch, right? Um, you could make it into a TV show anthology, kind of like the X-Files, and just kind of build off of this premise. I think that would be so cool. Uh if they want uh, someone to write that, uh, I'm available. Uh, you can contact me through Twitter on the I Finally Watch Twitter account. Um, I will be more than happy to flesh this out more. But I think that would be really cool. Like a, a cool way to kind of like, um, they're always thinking of ways to fucking revive this Michael Myers part of this. But someone should focus on Season of the Witch. Yeah, well, we'll talk about how Season of the Witch ends and how like, you know, doesn't create the possibility for a lot of more sequels. Um, so we, you know, they kill that Kefner family or whatever. And then we, um, we see city like kids all over in different cities. And there's like a commercial plane, like be in front of your 
your thing at nine. And like, you know, so we're just like, we're getting to the end. Right. And then we get this view of Teddy and she's like, Oh, she's trying to make another call because she's like, Oh, earlier, you know, she was like, Oh, they, they didn't get me the human remains. They got me car parts. And then she's going through it more and more. She's like, Oh shit. And we see the guy in the background and he's just not attacking her. And then she's like, I got to call the sheriff. (laughs) And then he grabs her. And I read this thing that, the first time they tried to film this, one of the stunt guys like hurt the actress who was like when they were trying to drill her head. And so mm-hmm. in the final like scene that's actually in the movie, it's the director who does it because he doesn't trust anyone else to not like hurt her again. Okay. And she gets murdered by being drilled through the ear. And we don't we don't see it. There's no blood. And uh, I think that's uh, that's disappointing. Yeah. Um, and so at this point we get uh, Dr. Chalice is tied up in a room like many uh, James Bond have been before him. And he's like, why, Cochrane? Why? He's like, because it's funny. <laughs> That's the whole fucking thing. He's like, because I think it's funny. That's why. Uh man. I... This is not a good film. And and uh, but anyway, so uh, yeah, he he so he's like the king of gags and he's like, it's a giant. It's a joke. It's a joke. that, And so it doesn't actually make sense that this is out. To, OK, so basically the button that's sewed into these masks connect to the signal of the TV, turning these kids heads into mush. Right. Which is like I think every mother from like the 80s warns you about is like, don't watch too much TV. It's going to turn your head into mush. This turns your head into literal mush of bugs, crickets, snakes, venomous snakes. Now, it only, have you realized this? It only kills the parents because they locked the parents in in the room with all these venomous snakes. Um, it kills the kids instantly, but it only kills the parents because they can't run away. Every other household in America can fucking run away. And it's not like a guaranteed that they're going to be watching TV either. So it's like, and different time zones, right? This happens in like different time zones. So you would think something would get out like on the East Coast and and like breaking news. Don't don't do this because this is happening all over. Well, no, man, I, I know that the commercials don't account for time zones, but I'm pretty sure like this isn't the flaw that he like I, he probably has it in real life that they account for the commercials and we're just hearing or account for time zones. And we're just hearing like the California time zone at nine. And so it'd be East coast would be midnight. That's yeah. I mean, time zones are an issue for this movie. I will say, um, in a, but also Cochran doesn't care if everyone, if every kid dies, right. And he doesn't care if the parents die because really he's just trying to kill as many kids as he can because this is a sacrifice to Samhain, which is like a Celtic thing or Celtic, whatever. Well, Celtic because everyone it. in this fucking town is Irish. Well, so yeah, of course, Celtic. and then the Stonehenge is from uh, um, England, United Kingdom. Sorry, United Kingdom. It's in England. Uh, so yeah, which is so, in the I mean, United it, Kingdom, which is yeah, in the British then, Isles. Yes. Okay. And then the, the, the whole shamrock mm-hmm. shtick, everyone has an Irish accent in this town. Uh, there you go. All, There's the, they're all connection. In. Yeah. So, um, in a shock to no one, Dr. Chalice escapes. And I 
love that he like he throws the mask on the camera which apparently took fucking forever for him to get right and the the director like was just fucking around he's like oh this is what i want you to do and throws it and does it on the first take he's like oh this should be easy and then it took like 40 takes for the doctor to do it uh, for tom atkins to do it and i love then the guy the guy watching it sees that the camera's messed up and he goes to Cochrane, but Cochrane's on the phone. He's like, okay, I guess I'll just wait here. This isn't that big a deal. So I'll just wait here and give the doctor time to escape because that's clearly what's happening. I'm just going to stand here and be like, okay, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know that, that it's funny. He in the, in the movie logic of this, uh, Chalice has one shot of getting that mask on that camera, right? Like, one shot and it is it's like it's like a it's like a it's a very high probability that he's gonna miss so whatever there's banking on 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 getting it correct um and yeah exactly the guy just fucking whatever dude this this movie is so corny but then he like just finds ellie super easy super quick super easy well, yeah, but before that, he calls his ex-wife and it's like, take away the mask. And you can just hear her like, what? No? Yeah, I bought them those masks. Da, 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 da. And she's like, you're going to fucking kill your kids. And it's like, of course, she's not She's not going to believe him, right? And there's like nothing he can do about it. Just part of like the impact of the end of this movie. Um, but I just think it's, she's like, go to hell. And then like hangs up on him. And then Cochran is like, I know how we'll find him. And then just look at Ellie. And of course, he's there. This is what I want to talk about. Because it turns out that Ellie is a robot. Mm-hmm. So Cochran planned on the doctor escaping, made Ellie into a robot so that he'd find him. Was this a backup plan? Mm-hmm. And then just was like, all right, don't let him know you're a robot until you guys get away and then just try and kill him. What happened to the th- real Ellie? Okay. So I have a theory. Is that her skin? I have a theory. Um, and she I was, was always a robot. <laughs> she was always a robot. Maybe. Well, don't you think when he stuck his dick in her that he would have figured out it was a they're robot? Just, they're just very realistic. Does they have they're that ex very... machina technology where it's like you can't even tell? <laughs> this the Shamrock Company is basically like Stark Industries. So I have a theory about this, right? So Ellie was a robot the entire time. And because think about it, right? She just shows up at the hospital being like, oh, it's my father, right? No proof, no nothing. Just it's my father. That's him. And then she goes on this like wild venture with this stranger, right? She has sex with him, right? And then she just goes along with like, Oh, we got to leave town. But then it's like, no, we don't. We got to just continue this investigation. And so she's the, she's a robot the entire time, which super sucks. But that's my theory about that. Yeah, your theory makes no sense. But it makes as, almost as much sense as them being able to create a robot of her that quickly. Except for, I'm pretty sure they just fucking used her skin. They Dude, it makes, skinned it makes, Ellie alive. It makes... <laughs> She doesn't even have to be alive. You think it, 1982 robot technology could fake a human vagina? Uh, wh- why are you trying? 
dude, why are you trying to find logic in the, in this movie? I, I, it is way more logical to think that she was a robot the entire time than they turned her into a robot 10 minutes. Well, no, they captured her on the 30th and then they had like 24 hours to turn her into a oh, robot. Oh, you're so annoying. No, it, she's a robot the whole time. <laughs> it makes way more sense. Okay. And then, and then, so he throws down the chips, electrocutes everyone, blows up the whole factory because it like connects. This part doesn't make sense to me. The Stonehenge connects to like the rotating electricity of all the computer monitors, but the conductive point is Cochrane. Is Cochrane a robot too? Well, I don't, I mean, the chips kill all the people, but for some reason they also kill all the robots, but then they don't kill him or Ellie. Cause I guess they're just far enough away. Like they've calibrated this pretty well. Right. Um, and then, yeah, it sets up this basically a Stonehenge thing where it like, creates a perfect circle that goes through Cochrane and um, his slow clap. Just beautiful, like beautiful hacky. That's uh, the fourth thing I love about this movie is Cochrane's slow clap. Just like a, you bested me. Very good. And then he dies, like blue light goes through him and he explodes, I guess. And the mm-hmm. factory explodes and they make yep. it out in time. Um, of course. I, we didn't even talk about the fact that much like James Bond, Dr. Chalice sneaks up <laughs> moving the rolling thing of masks it's just yes no one knows <laughs> yeah yeah but he he goes up through all these scientists sneaks up and plays the commercial and then runs away and throws all the things and it works for some reason yep. um yeah i don't know I, that, it's so weird the slow clap and then you think it, <laughs> it really is and you think they're getting away they drive away and then ellie is a robot tries to kill him and he very easily uh incapacitates her well and it's like three they they use the scare three times right she tries he stops her and like oh no she's killing him and then he crashes the car and then her arm falls off yeah and then she comes at him he kills her then the arm grabs him he kills her and then the or throws the arm away. And then the body starts crawling at his feet. And I was like, all right, guys, we've gone to this well too many times. Let's, let's stop it. All right. We, he's not going to get killed by her. Um, um, and then we get back to the gas station again, goes back to the same gas station. And it's the same guy. Well, it's cause it's the same gas station. He can get fired. Um, and so he, he starts calling somebody, I guess the CEO of television, he gets him on the phone <laughs> at eight fifty-five. So stupid! Can you imagine writing this back in like nineteen eighty? Who and it's like, is he calling <laughs> to control all of TV nationwide? Like just I don't the phone call by itself is so ridiculous. He's like, "This is gonna kill everyone. You have to turn it off." And then systematically, he sees it being turned off, and then the next channel, and then the next channel, and it's like, "Oh my god!" Except the third channel does not get turned off. And instead of saving the three kids that are surrounding you, you just let them die as you scream, turn it off, turn it off. And um, so apparently this version of the ending is supposed to be ambiguous, but those like the actual ending of this movie, he took out, there was going to be children screaming, screaming like as they're dying. So you are Um. supposed to think that he did not stop this. And so that third channel 
all like all these kids are dying. Are you supposed to think in this version that he did stop this? It's supposed to be ambiguous. It's supposed to be like a have your cake and eat it too type thing where you could think about it whichever way you want. But I, I was I know like, what I ambiguous means. Do you? I mean, you spent yeah. all your time learning about, you know, mole crickets. I figured, you know, you might have <laughs> missed a few there things. There ain't so. nothing wrong with the education, okay? Yeah. Antication. Antication? Um, education? So that that's Halloween three season of the Trick Witch. Education. Man. Shut up. Are. The thing is, though, is that I have a theory, a film theory. No, um, my theory is is that this is anthology off of like the Michael Myers Halloween, right? This is, and then like the fourth one was supposed to be about something else, et cetera, et cetera. Why? What? What is like? What is the connection? to season of the witch and Michael Myers and, and you can't kill Michael Myers, right? Michael Myers is like an unstoppable force that you can like chop off his head. You can burn him alive and he still fucking comes at you. He's reborn and reborn again. And you might just say that that is just a serial killer trope within these kind of horror genres. What if Michael Myers is like, Either it could take place in the past, like before Season of the Witch, or it could take place like far into the future after Season of the Witch. But he could be a robot made by the same company that kind of like went off, right? And like the whole mask shtick that the company is uh, part of. Michael Myers, either one is a German robot, okay? Now that that theory is killed by having the backstory of michael myers being a little boy so then follow up for the for for this theory is that the mask he has on in the beginning of halloween is made by the same company of season of the witch company right the shamrock shamrock company that mask turns him into the killer right so it's off of what you said about you would like the, the the kids to turn into killers. That already happened. That's how Michael Myers is born. I gotta say, of your two theories, the this one or the perfect robot JJ theory, this is the better of the two. Thank you. So but. basically, Michael Myers is powered by the Stonehenge. Yeah, Silver Shamrock. Yeah, I don't believe it, but um, I don't think the movies are tied together at all. Um, but, you know, A for effort. Mm, I tried. So, yeah, that's the movie. I um, yeah, I don't want to say much about it. You know, I mean, it, it has some parts that I really like. Um, could have done with a little more nudity, but, you know, that's just that's just nitpicking at this point. You know of I mean? course. Now, I um. I don't know. I think it just kind of ages it. Parts of it have aged pretty poorly and that's due to technology aspects of it. And then some, like there's just some, some story elements of this that just don't add up. And it's like, it's a little hacky. I think it was better in parts than I thought it was going to be and worse in parts than I thought it was going to be. Like it's overall a pretty mixed bag. I don't dislike it as much as you do, but, um, 
I, I think this is a perfect example of like, we saw this when we were way too old and way too many years later for it, like this to have possibly done anything, you know? And it's just definitely not as good as the first two movies. It literally reminds me like a random horror movie that there's so many on like, you know, Tubi or whatever. Um, if Shutter. it didn't have the Halloween, yeah, Shudder. If it didn't have the Halloween name attached to to it, this I would have I would never watch this movie in a million years. Um, this movie would pass me by. I did ask Twitter. I did ask our followers um, what their least favorite Halloween movie is, and so far it's a tie between Halloween H two O and Halloween Resurrection. Um, with Halloween three season of the wish, uh, which actually being, um, the least, least favorite. So I'm excited when, uh, uh, in a couple of years we get to H2O and resurrection. Maybe we should just, um, do those two together. Just do both of them. Speed yeah, maybe this, speed this whole process up. But then what are we going to do when we run out of Halloween movies, David? Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Halloween movies that aren't Halloween movies. <laughs> <laughs> what what is that? Nightmare Before Christmas. And that's all I had. So. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon, and we finally watched Halloween three. Season of the Witch. I finally watched.